This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to Women Road Warriors with hosts Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro, where we work to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and everywhere. I'm Shelley, and I'm Kathy. We have Julie Caraccio with us today. She's an award-winning professional organizer, author, and certified life coach. She specializes in helping people clear out the clutter, and that means both physical and mental clutter. Women who multitask, work on the road, raise families, and try to keep a work-life balance can sure use some of that advice. Julie has published 14 books, and she's an expert on the subject. She believes that clutter is anything that prevents us from creating the life we choose, deserve, and desire. Julie helps people get rid of the bad habits that are tripping us up. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for being on Women Road Warriors. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, it, it does seem like we all tend to put clutter in our lives to trip ourselves up. How did you decide to become an expert in this area? Well, the truth of the matter was I had just moved from Los Angeles to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was looking for a job and I thought, so I found a job. And then within literally a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, this isn't the right fit for me, but what can I do where I'd be good at it? and I could make money, I was have to support myself, and that I could make a difference. And so I came up with organizing. And when I started my business, it was called Healing Through Organization. And what I realized as I started to work with clients, so I'm doing the work with the clients, and then I started a international internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance, where I'd interview body, mind, spirit experts. And while this is going on, I had this aha moment. You know what? It's more about the clutter. It's less about the organizing because if we organize and clutter, we're really not making changes. And so it was kind of that aha moment. And then I said, ah, I got to get into this more. And I would see a bigger difference when I supported people in clearing clutter as opposed to just getting organized. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And it seems like as adults, we have more clutter than we did as mm -hmm. a kid. I mean, I, I <laughs> my room was like perfect when I was six, but mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, I so agree with that. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I think that that's true because if you don't learn these skills as a child and you don't declutter on a regular basis, so if you're in a home for 20 or 30 years, then of course you're going to look around and be like, oh my gosh, where did all this stuff come from? Right? Because it's a little bit coming in. And if we're not getting much coming out, then that would make perfect sense. You wake up like, wow, how did all this happen? Oh, yeah. And it, it, it can overtake you and you don't have time to clean it. And it's like, it's, it's going to eat me. What do I do? I need to run and hide. I it's, say that every time I go home after working up here for two weeks at, up, up in Northern Canada, when I go home, I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? Like, my gosh. And you know, it's this cycle because you become overwhelmed and being overwhelmed, you tend to hold on to more and create more clutter. And as you get cl more clutter, you become overwhelmed. So it's kind of this cycle that can sometimes be hard to break. Is this how hoarding starts? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a great question. And hoarding, there is a psychological disorder going on that couples that. So it is definitely a different ball of wax. Uh, I had heard hoarding was actually somebody that 
had to hang on to everything because maybe they came from nothing and, and things were their security. Oh, that's absolutely can be one reason that it starts. But I have to tell you, that's more common than you think with people who aren't hoarders. If they didn't have a lot when they grew up, then they have this fear. Well, if I let it go, is it ever going to, am I ever going to find it again? Will it come back? Will I never have abundance? Whereas things with hoarders, you could, for instance, maybe you were traumatized as a child. And so having a bunch of hoard and clutter around can serve in your mind as a protective barrier being like, you know what? I want to be left alone. I don't want to be harmed. So I'm just going to fill the space with everything. So no one can touch me. Hmm. I know that uh, um, my mother was all, go ahead. Oh, Kathy. I was going to say the same thing. My mother, she moved in with me a couple of years ago and she had, like you said, had nothing her entire life. And now that, you know, there's no, not a financial strain on her it's yeah every time I come home there's always more and more stuff and I'm trying to say mom okay we can we like uh, do we really need this can we like uh, eliminate it and it's 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 very difficult uh, for her to let go of these certain things so yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying I would just say that it's a process you know yeah. and that you have to take now if someone is truly a hoarder and if you go online there's a definition then that needs someone who has specialized training is one example. I worked with a woman and I always do a pre-interview because I want to make sure that we're a good fit for each other, that I have the skill set to support someone. And she wasn't only happened to me once and she wasn't honest. And I went to her place and she said, I'm not a hoarder because my stuff only comes up 13 feet from the wall. And it says online, you're a hoarder if it comes out 14 feet from the wall. But she, <laughs> she was a hoarder. She was a hoarder. And, you know, I understood it because what had happened was, is her son said to her, we're not letting you see your grandchild until you get rid of this stuff. We're just, we don't feel that it's a safe place. And it was heartbreaking because she wanted to see her grandchild and they put their foot down and said, we don't feel that your house is safe to bring our child over. And so that needed someone who had specialized training. But, you know, as we age, different things can happen. And, you know, I'm a firm believer of, teaching kids young how to declutter and get organized. Cause where do we learn that? It's not like we learn it in school. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know, it's interesting because my mother was extremely organized. And, and uh, when I was like age five, I was making my bed. My room was spotless. I, I did the hospital corners with the mm-hmm. sheets and everything had to be perfect. You could practically, you know, bounce a quarter off my bed. <laughs> And then as I became a teenager, some of the clutter started happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, then as I got busy working and all of that, um, I would clean like crazy on the weekends and then feel so much better. But then all of a sudden it was like the clutter started growing out of the walls. You know, (laughs) I think that that's more common than you might think. And so what that I would say to that is, and you got to learn those skills. How do you declutter so that it's I don't want to say one and done because it can definitely be a process, but that you're doing it to suit your lifestyle. And for lack of a better word, I'm putting quotation marks, doing it correctly so that it doesn't come back. Because if it's coming back, then we're not, we're not decluttering. We're maybe working around the situation or, you know, a lot of times people you're like, wow, they're home. It's so organized. But once you open that closet, forget it. Oh man. Stuff has been crammed in there and just multiple closets, not just. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There are a few closets you don't want to open. Uh, it's like, no, you won't get that door closed again. 
<laughs> my office is like that it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah I mean it's more common than you realize and so that's one thing that I want to take away the stigma or the shame or the embarrassment it's like don't feel that way it's many people have it and it's nothing to be ashamed of it's about becoming aware of what's going on and then how do I take action to move forward to the clutter so do women feel more guilty about clutter than men I would say yes, definitely. I, most of my clients are women. I have had the occasional man. And in my experience, I would say yes, definitely. And also, you know, we as women tend to run the household, be in charge. This is kind of more in our domain. And so I think more of the emotional burden falls on us as well. So we kind of feel like failures if everything mm -hmm. doesn't look perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I often say I'm surprised that she has not come after me, but I'm not a fan of Martha Stewart because I don't think what Martha presents to the world is realistic. I, you know, I read somewhere that she sleeps maybe four hours a night. Well, I need my eight hours of sleep and I have priorities. I don't have a staff. It's just me. I own my own business. So her standard is never going to be my standard. And I'm okay with that. And I don't like, it would, I would hate to have everything labeled. I, you know, that would drive me absolutely insane. And mm -hmm. so I think yeah. that when we see people like Martha Stewart, it makes us tend to make some of us feel worse because we can't attain that. We don't have a staff, we don't have endless funds and it's not realistic. And does she really mm -hmm. clean her own house? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I would, I could actually in some way see it happen, but again, she is, I'm sure multiple staff. I'm sure she has an assistant and probably an assistant's assistant. And I would bet that she does have a cleaner. And so when you all have all that help and unlimited funds, then, Hey, you can absolutely do that. But part of the reason I want people to clear clutter is so that they can have joy in their life so they can share their gifts with the world and so it's not about spending all the time on a labor maker it's spending time doing what you love and with people you love it's not about all about this instagrammed fake perfect image because for the most part that's not real oh i imagine well when you look at social media people aren't showing you pictures of their house where it's messy right exactly they may have just gotten done cleaning the room and then they're like look at how i live it's like, how often? <laughs> right, yeah. right, exactly. And I think the people that are, you know, I haven't, I don't watch these shows because I think that they, they aren't realistic. And again, I feel like they set standards that make people feel like failures when they can't maintain them. It's like, well, again, if you have unlimited funds, then you can do anything. And you can, if you don't care, never want to put anything away, then you'll just hire someone to do that. I was a nanny for a while. And I had one friend who another nanny and the, you know, she would clean up after the girls, the girl, I can't even imagine this. These were all teenagers and they never hung anything up. So one of, I mean, one of her jobs was to go around and put everything back up on hangers. Well, if you have the money, then it's of course it's going to be maintained because you're paying someone to do it. Oh yeah. I remember, well, it made an impression, actually. Um, I was not cleaning my room. I was kind of rebelling. I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home from school and all the stuff that was on my bedroom floor was at the bus stop, right? You know, at the end of our driveway. So I had to haul it back in the house. <laughs> it's like uh -huh. mom was making an impression and it was rather embarrassing, but yeah, it's like, okay, I won't put the stuff on the floor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Now, see, that's, did you feel traumatized by that? I, well, I was embarrassed. Yes. I, yeah. I think that there could have been something handled a little differently than that. Yes. 
Yes. And see, now what's interesting is someone could go either way on that. Like you could be like, okay, I got it. Someone else might be so traumatized that they start hoarding or that when they get, went out and got their own place, they're like, I'm just going to put everything on the floor because I can do what I need to do and rebel. So in that case, I wouldn't have said, you know, that definitely wasn't the best way to handle it. And depending on, you know, everything going on in life, that could be a yay, an aha moment or a oh no moment. Maybe that's why I did do some rebelling. I had a clean room though after that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, clutter and you can be clean and still have clutter. You were talking about physical and mental clutter. Um, What are the differences? That's what I wanted to kind of get into. Sure. Well, physical clutter obviously is your stuff, like the things you don't use or need, what you don't like or love. And for me, mental clutter are things like not being present in the present moment. Maybe you are stuck in the past. Oh, I wish I would have said this or done this or in the future. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow? And, you know, for a good example is say you're in a relationship that's starting out instead of being completely in the moment in the relationship, you're wondering, well, oh, is this person the one? And so you've gone all the way into the future or you're stuck in the past, like, oh, it's not going to work out. It's just like every other relationship I have. So you can have monkey mind with mental clutter. You can have anxiety, worry a lot. Those are the different things that examples for me of mental clutter. And I also believe that whatever's going on the inside of you is reflected in the outside and vice versa. So if you work on your physical clutter, that's going to support your mental clutter. I want you all to just take a moment and close your eyes. And I want you to visualize being in a messy and cluttered room. How well do you think you think when you're in an environment like that? When you clear physical clutter, it allows you to gain mental clarity. And when you clear your mental clutter and have mental clarity, it allows you to clear your physical clutter. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I feel more stressed when I have a lot of clutter around me. I get really irritable. <laughs> I, I find I can't think if my kitchen sink is, is, is full of dishes or mm-hmm. food or whatever, I can't sit down or, or or like you say organize my thoughts until the dishes are done and my counters cleared then i can actually say okay now what right <laughs> until yeah. then I, I can't focus <laughs> they have done studies ucl ucla did a big study say gosh maybe it's been 10 years that clutter is ele- linked to elevated levels of stress clutter is implicated in depression if you have depression it causes clutter and clutter can cause depression it affects your general dampening of your brain. If you have clutter, you're more likely to not be compliant with your meds. You're less likely to eat better and you're less likely to to take care of yourself. So clutter causes a variety of challenges. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Did you know that 80% of America's communities rely on trucking alone to deliver their goods? The trucking industry keeps America running thanks to the 3.6 million professional truck drivers traveling over 300 billion miles a year. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, tells the story of trucking and its positive impact on our economy, communities, and lives. Learn how you can be part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. 
So are hoarders more depressed? Well, I'm not an expert on hoarders, so I don't know. I, I think I, I believe I know I should say I know that hoarding is caused by many different things since trauma of some kind. So I don't know if I could say as a general whole, they're more depressed because I've worked with people who aren't clinically depressed, just are depressed and have clutter, but they aren't to the level of hoarding. Okay. Yeah, I lived uh, my very good friend um, for many years uh, when I was going through life struggles. He had this mm -hmm. basement suite and he would always, you know, let me stay there for free until I get back on my feet. He was a classic, classic hoarder. There's just a very little path, you know, mm -hmm. to, to get to where he needed to go. But his whole family are hoarders. And, um, like to the point, like I remember his father would have his truck parked out back and the whole truck was full of garbage mm -hmm. and bags and this and that. And, but, uh, my friend himself, he wasn't depressed. He wasn't, he's very highly intelligent, highly functioning, but he just to try and talk to him and say, you know, like try and clean out some stuff so to make room and to even throw anything away was like, oh my gosh, it was like the end of the world. Right. But he, he wasn't wasn't the typical thing like mm -hmm. you see on TV. So I'm not really sure where he stood in that, but it was really strange. But yeah, to this day, it's the same. So, but you know, if someone grew up poor and with a scarcity mentality, you can see how they'd never want to throw anything yeah. away. Oh, yeah. I might be able to use that. Or I've worked with people who aren't hoarders, but are environmentalists. So can I recycle this? Can I reuse it? You know, they're coming from a place of, I don't want to do any more environmental harm. And so again, not at the hoarder level, but it makes sense when they're really hesitant to let go of something if there's a way to, to use it. Sure. And I would think of uh, when you're living in all of that, it just becomes a logarithm. Um, I know that uh, if my house gets out of control, I'll just sit back and go, where the heck do I start? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and it's easy to talk yourself out it's of overwhelming. it. overwhelming. Oh, it really is. And, and if you're working 60, 80 hours a week or something, you, you, uh, you, you want to do something other than clean. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So what I would say is there are a couple ways you can jumpstart. First, if you have the funds, hire someone. I mean, you know, if you are working 60 or 80 hours a week, it's a lot to try to then add to decluttering because it's not like you're like, woohoo, I'm going to go declutter. Yay, excitement. You know, for most people, <laughs> It's not that way. Now, if you don't want to hire someone, and again, there are resources out there. I do a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I have books. I'm not the only person out there. The first thing I would say is you pick one place to start. You know, it's like, Kathy, you mentioned a moment ago, my office is crazy. Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to pick my office. And then I'm going to say, what's realistic? I can spend 10 minutes a day, or I can spend two hours on the weekend. And you say my starting point, and then... I'm going to commit to doing it. And you write it down in your schedule. You block out the time and then you start and you don't start. Like if it's your office, maybe you start with what's on the floor or maybe the pile of papers on the desk and you start with what you can see. And then you just go from there and you keep building on that. If you do an hour a week, that adds up to just over 60 hours in a year and you can accomplish a lot. So I don't buy the, I don't have the time excuse because what I always say to people is how much time are you spending on social media? Because exactly. most of us get sucked into Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is for hours. And so if you have time to do that, you have time to declutter. 
That makes sense. And if you're doing a little at a time, it's not going to feel as huge of an undertaking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But what the key is you want to start in one place and keep going there. Sometimes what people do is, oh, I'll start at the office, but oh, I have clutter in the bedroom. Let me run in there. Oh, there's something in the living room. And that, and that can be a pattern of avoidance. And so nothing really gets done or they'll start with a pile and move it and say, oh, I've made progress. Now you just move the pile. You really didn't declutter. (laughs) And so it's being aware of that. Yeah. 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 The the pile that never leaves. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Okay. How do you like it? Like in my personal life, like I'm selling my house and I'm going to buy another one, something smaller, less, you know, more manageable for my mother and stuff. And just the thought of having to pack up and go through, uh, like my mom likes to keep egg cartons and containers and plastic bags and all this. And what tip could I give her to help the both of us manage the packing and mom uh, without, you know, traumatizing her more because she was very poor her entire life and always lacked everything. So how do I approach that and say, you know, maybe do we really need this mom? I mean, you're 76 or like how, yeah. how much use can do that? Like what, what's a good idea to, to start packing? Sure. Well, I can tell you, I literally just went through that. We uh, sold our under contract in our house in North Carolina. We moved back to West Virginia. I'm currently in my parents' house until we close on our house in West Virginia. We downsized two years ago in our place where we're going to retire. And then my mom got sick. And so we're back up here. And so I I feel your pain. I know exactly what you're going through. So some of the things that you can do is say, okay, well, mom, we're downsizing. So instead of 2000 square feet, we're down to a thousand square feet. So we simply don't have the room. And so, you know, start that conversation where we're out of physical space. And then with things that you can recycle, because maybe part of your mom, you said, mentioned egg cartons, for example. And so, you know, mom, that's, you know, we have eggs, that's not going to affect (laughs) you in either way. And so start that, like, can we let go of the plastic bags? And then you, I can take these down to the grocery store and recycle them. And then with things, I would also say to talk to your mom, does she have a favorite charity? Who could you donate extra clothes to or extra household items that she would mm. know it's going to a good home? So she doesn't feel like that it's, she's being wasteful. It's like, look, mom, we have enough. And so we don't have the space. What charity do you want to donate this to? So someone's going to, we're going to make someone so happy. They're going to be so Mm. excited. And then, you know, I'm always a fan of if you're able, and again, it really depends on the situation, but have a deeper conversation. You know what, mom, when you're thinking about being poor as a kid, that's in the past right now in the present moment, you have enough. We have enough. We're never going to have to worry about enough food. We're never going to have to worry about a roof over our head. How can we become more present and how can you release that? What do we need to do to help you realize that? And again, you know, being very gentle with it, but I think there's a way that you can initiate a Mm -hmm. conversation around it. And, you know, it's going to help her see a different perspective, right? Exactly. Exactly. And no judgment, never any judgment in anything. We all have different ways of processing things. And of course you can understand and have empathy for someone who grew up really poor and are scared of that happening again. I mean, with COVID and everything going on, of course we can understand why your mom would be like that, but just starting the conversation around that. I I always believe is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And make her see that she's doing something good with it and not throwing it. 
Yes. Gotcha. And that's why. And then, you know, the other thing with the egg cartons, maybe you have a local Girl Scout troop or you have a local school that could use them for crafts mm -hmm. or for summer camp so that they're getting another use out of it. And it brings joy to the kids, you know, again, offering those different options. Yeah, that's great suggestions. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I'm going to be taking that home. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll be like, mom, do I got the plan for you? <laughs> there yeah, you go. You know, and, and get her excited about it and see like you're going to have kids smiling and, and get her thinking about it from that yeah. way instead of, oh my gosh, I'm being wasteful or what if I don't have this? And, you know, or barge in and just take it out, right? And say, no, yeah. we're throwing this. That, that creates friction right off the bat. Yeah, I would definitely not recommend that because <laughs> no, you I, know, do that. <laughs> I had a client who as a child, people, parents went in the room, took stuff, threw it out and threw out a bunch of her stuffed animals. And as an adult collected stuffed animals because was trying to get back to what she lost as a kid. And you know, mm. there's nothing wrong, but most women in their thirties aren't going to have a really big stuffed animal collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, unless yeah. you're in college or something like that, you know, and yeah. But after that, probably not. Yeah. yeah. But you understand why she that traumatized mm -hmm. her sure. without her permission. Someone in, went into her personal space. She had no say and her stuff was thrown away. Yeah, it's a violation. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I had a an older aunt who um, had gone through the depression and mm. she thought everything was supposed to last forever. She was a big fan of duct tape. Uh -huh. packaging tape. She put duct tape on her car, uh, on the cushions of her furniture. Wow. She would darn her underwear. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and she didn't need to do that, but there was this, and she would scrape the butter off her bread. Um, mm. you know, just really, uh, stingy with herself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And she had a lot of stuff, but it was always organized, which was interesting, but she didn't think anything should break. You buy it, it better last forever. Yeah. See, there's a little, I would, cause it was definitely was not hoarding, but to me, there's a psychological aspect of that. That's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So there may have been some fear that mm -hmm. she didn't talk about. Absolutely. She also had a, a drinking issue. So perhaps, mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, I would think that that would be related yeah. and, and based on my experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you talked about mental clutter. Um, certainly, I think women, well, I know my mind is always going 100 miles an hour mm -hmm. in 50 million different directions. Um, that can be cluttering, <laughs> a clutter effect, if you will. How do you get rid of that mental clutter? How do you tell one thought to go away for a while? Well, I am a huge fan of finding some kind of mindfulness practice that works for you. And that's going to be very individualized. Like one example, I really enjoy mowing the grass. I love the smell of freshly cut grass. When I mow, I can do a mind dump. It's for whatever reason, I can just let all the junk completely fall out of my head. And it's very Zen for me. Someone else might need a meditation practice. That might be something that's a little more structured and be better for them. I have a friend that plays classical music and believes that that is his meditation. And so I'm a huge fan of finding something that is mindful. I studied plant medicine and am finishing up my coursework. And one of the part of the things that we learn with class is a daily ritual around having tea. So to me, that is another way to have meditation time, or I'm a big bath person. So at night, I can just kind of relax, have my bath, 
just unwind. So I believe in finding something, some type of mindfulness practice is really important. I also believe in unplugging. We are so plugged in today to social media, to our, our phones, our computers, our watches, everything these days. So taking time to not do it. I took a break from Facebook. Gosh, was it for two months? And I have to tell you, boy, did my quality of life improve. I felt completely different. I did not miss it at all. I have a business, so I have to have a Facebook page. I have to have a personal page to have a Facebook page. I hope I get to the point someday that I can completely get off Facebook. So in addition to a mindfulness practice, I'm a firm believer of unplugging. And then finally, I believe that it's really important to become as present as much as possible. I talked, you know, briefly, most of us are stuck in the past or we're projecting into the future where the present moment is our point of power to change. And so the more present you can become. So for instance, you're decluttering and you're talking to your mom and you're looking at the egg carton. Well, you know, we hold on to the egg carton because in the past we did that. Or your mom says, Oh, I'm really afraid. We'll the, we'll run out in Northern Canada. We're going to run out of egg carton. Mom, let's become present for a second right now in this moment. Mm. Do we have everything we need? Yes. Right now in this moment, do we need this stack of egg cartons? No. Okay. Then because we're in the present moment, can we let this go? And when you become present, that helps you clear your clutter, not only your mental clutter, but also your physical clutter. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know what helps me when uh, talking about mental clutter, like I, I always said, I have eight hamsters and one wheel in my noggin. And, and I do. <laughs> I, I just, I am I'm doing a hundred things all the time. And it is just the way it is. The one thing that helps me declutter my mind. Well, actually there's two things. Mm-hmm. One, I have to make a list to get them out of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I make and, lists. I, I have to, it's, I'm, I'll be even in my equipment and sometimes in the truck, if I'm getting loaded under the shovel I'm, on the passenger seat is my pen and paper. Just, it's like my, my office on wheels. But the other thing that I, that I, that really works for me is, um, doing uh, work with my hands like mm, uh, gardening mm-hmm. at home on my days off if I got my hands in the in the earth and I'm ripping out mm-hmm. roots or I'm doing something I find it just it it clears my brain and I can mm-hmm. actually process and rethink or I can hash things out or it, it really works for me and and I think that you're you're 100 correct in saying that people have to find what works for them Mm-hmm. right? Because everybody's different. And I think that the things that work can change over time. I, I know oh, in, yeah. in recent yeah. years, I've been getting into doing a fairy garden um, mm. and I have my music on outside and I'm singing and just enjoying things and listening to, to mother nature. And I'm in control of that little world mm-hmm. and it changes every year, you know? Um, and it's kind of fun. It's like, this is my world. I'm in control. And, and if you feel out of control for some reason, that just kind of puts me, empowers me, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus I, I think, love creativity. I think those are all great suggestions. And I love that you mentioned Kathy writing down the list because I can't tell you how many people are like, Oh, I'll remember it all. If you write it down, you don't write it down. It tends to not get done. And I personally like the satisfaction of crossing something off a list, but I think it's really important to write it down. And I love the point, Shelly, of being creative because when you're being creative to me, then you are engaged in life. Mm-hmm. You are doing something that brings you joy. And you've, you, that to me is, is a gift. And when you're in joy, how great is life? 
right? And clutter mm -hmm. takes us away from that. If we're working on what doesn't matter, what's not important, mm -hmm. when we've cleared all that, then we can be present and do things that bring us joy. Absolutely. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Now for ladies on the road, we, we've got a lot of ladies that are out there driving. How do they eliminate the clutter? Because I'm sure that they have the mental and physical clutter too, and they mm -hmm. just have a confined space. And then when they go home, if, if their kids are home, maybe they're not decluttering the house. So, I mean, it, it, they can feel like their life is really out of control. Absolutely. Well, first, I think women warriors are awesome. And I was totally inspired by what, what Kathy was sharing with me prior to the uh, our interview or well, prior to recording. And so hats off to all you awesome trucker women out there. What I would say is you can create something in your small space. So if you have a small space, you want to utilize it really well. And so there are different things that, you know, obviously you've got to be awake and pay attention when you're driving, but maybe for you, it's for mental clutter. It's about having soothing music on, or you have like a little Buddha statue that's on your dashboard or something like that, that helps bring you present, or you wear a little, uh, the, not the Dharma beads. I can't remember what they're called, where we, we count the Buddha prayer, you know, something like that, that can support you and being present and supporting you in mental clutter. Now in a small space, you're going to want to be as organized as possible. And that gets back to clutter is the stuff that doesn't matter. So what is it most important for you to have in your truck? What are the things that you need? It's probably like a computer. Maybe it's pictures of your loved ones, whatever is essential for you. You've got to really drill that down to know. And the other thing I'd say, when you get back home, if you have a family, get everyone involved. We talked earlier in the podcast about as women, that tends to fall to us. It doesn't matter what relationship we're in, but we tend to carry the emotional, emotional burden of all of that in the clutter. And so what I would say is that ask for help and support at home, that that was one key thing that's really important. Yeah, it does seem like women um, end up being the mothers to everybody, in, including mm -hmm. like their husbands or significant others. It's like, since when did I give birth to you? It's like, why am I taking care of you too? Can you do that, please? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, because of, of for the truckers out there, um, I know because we carry our stuff in, in very small spaces. Now, I've been doing this for eight years and I've tried various forms of you know, of, of, of different things that try to work mm -hmm. or what doesn't work. 
And I know like for, for me, because I'm, I'm a heavy equipment operator, I, I hop on different pieces of equipment, sometimes truck breaks. So you got to bring, bring your stuff and carry it in a bag and bring it to the next piece. And maybe that one will go or that one won't work. Or there's always some time. So the only space that I have is my backpack because I bring that everywhere and I call it more like a survival bag. And I found over the years that if I don't keep things organized mm-hmm. in certain spots of my bag, then I'm forever trying to find it or, and it bothers me if I'm driving, knowing that I can't find it. Right. So I'll have to pull over and actually start rooting my bag apart, trying to find that one pen or that one thing. But now I've, I've got it down to a T where I know exactly where is what in my bag so that I don't even have to look in my bag. And I know it's in this, this, this little container, this little plastic bag, whatever. And I find it helps my mind as I'm driving. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if, and if I, my bag is organized, I can focus better on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's a great point. And so having an organized bag is something and you've got to find what works for you. Like a purse, right? Yeah, a, absolutely. Exactly. And you know, all your essentials are in that little bag. And that's really, again, you're in such your, and you're in such a tight space and you know, you have a certain amount of time you're on the road. So yeah. being organized makes a huge difference. Not having to dump it out, try and find something. Yes. <laughs> and I would imagine that helps with the mental clutter. If you feel that uh, everything's organized, you know where everything is, mm-hmm. you might be able to tackle problems as they come along rather than thinking, oh my gosh, I have 10 things I have to deal with. And then just ruminating on that. One thing that I've started to do is that most mornings, I haven't gotten to doing it every morning, but most mornings when I wake up, I visualize handling my day. Ah, like, oh, I just had a great session with the client. This was so great. Or, oh, I had such a peaceful drive. And, oh, I found time to meditate. And then what I also do is I visualize if a challenge comes up handling just with grace and with ease. And I found the more often I do that, when challenges do arise, they're a lot easier than when I don't. Because I've already set the intention that I'm going to be able to solve whatever happens. And that takes a huge, for me, at least a huge mental burden away. That makes sense. That's a, yeah, that's a good tip. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I, I just think it's really important. The more you set the standard to live intentionally, the more I, I mm-hmm. it just in my, it just makes it easier. You know, a good example is when we were moving. So I'm organized. I have a backup plan. I didn't realize I'd need a triple backup plan. The containers that we had to put our stuff in were five days late. I had no control over it. There was nothing I could do. I said, went, okay, Fridays are, so I had to let that go. And I was like, okay, well, everything you lined up because we had hired people. Well, people have other jobs to get to, you know, so everything kind of fell apart. And I just was like, okay, just keep calm, do what you can and and keep working at it and you'll find a solution and i did and i'm not going to say it wasn't stressful but it's a lot easier to solve a problem when you're calm and centered than when you're frazzled and and hysterical it just it just is how do you get over procrastination because if it's something i don't like to do i'm mm-hmm. guilty of putting it off and i was like well we and then all? All the, <laughs> oh man and then everything is you got to get it done now you know right So I would say a couple things that you can do is one, again, I'm always a fan of digging deeper if we can. What is the procrastination about? Now, of course, there's things you're like, "Eh, I don't want to make a doctor's appointment or I want to go to the dentist and I get that. But is it about something deeper, such as a fear 
oh, I don't want to go to the meeting because I have a fear that I'm not good enough to be in this job or my presentation's going to go really poorly or I lack the skill set to do it. So I always say, is there something deeper going on? And if you can take the time to examine that, that's really good. The other thing I would say is just got to do it. Put it down on your schedule. If you are not a morning person, don't try to tackle the thing that you really don't want to do in the morning. Be at a time when you have good energy, when you're not stressed, and go ahead and do that. Remind yourself, what are the consequences if I don't do this? Oh, you know what? I might miss a trucking job because I didn't turn in the application and that trucking job is going to pay me 15 grand. Oh, I really need 15 grand for my mortgage and other things. What are the consequences if you do, don't do something? And if you can turn that into something that can motivate you. Good idea. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it seems like people are angrier today and it's certainly, you could see it on the freeways and in drivers mm -hmm. see it. Is some of that clutter? Oh, you know what? I have never been asked that. And I say, that's a fantastic question. I'm going to say yes. And what to me that represents is emotional clutter. If we express our, like, if you really make me angry, Shelly and Kathy, boy, you all made me angry and I express it and let it go. But if I don't express it, maybe I stew on it and then I stew on it. And then all of a sudden you drop a pencil and I have an insane reaction, or maybe you aren't the brunt of my anger. And I go on the freeway and I flip someone off and, you know, and they bump the car or whatever. So if we don't regulate our emotions, if we don't express them, they can stay bottled up or we, I know I have struggled with this for years and I'm finally in a good space. I'm an emotional eater. So if I get upset, well, give me a bag of chips, give me a pint of Ben and Jerry's. I'm going to, you know, use it that way. And luckily I've finally really done well with that. But if we don't express our emotions, the, the anger on the freeway is a great example. That's ridiculous. You're going to shoot at someone because you perceive they cut you off. Like, just think about mm -hmm. that for a moment. That is totally insane. Mm -hmm. But if you acknowledge your emotions, you honor your emotions, then you're not going to run into that. And, you know, we've done this job of labeling emotions like, oh, anger is bad. Anger is absolutely not bad. If women weren't angry, we wouldn't have the right to vote. There you go. We Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So instead of looking at making emotion bad or right or wrong or whatever, it's, oh, I just feel angry and I'm just going to just get it all out. And then, oh, you know what? Okay. It's gone. It's moved because emotions and feelings are just energy and motion wanting to move. That's all it is. And so it's like, think about when a toddler has a tantrum, right? They're like, ah. And then they're done. Well, they got all of it out of their body. They don't have anything more to hold on to. They've exhausted themselves because they didn't try to keep it bottled up. And then that doesn't mean they're going to go nuts later because they took care of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, yes, I would say that. I, and I would say we have a lot of emotional clutter and it's and to me, it's all tied together. If you mention emotional, mental, spiritual relationships, health. And I think when you boil it down for me, is if you have clutter, it's about needing to be healed in some way, shape, or form. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's just come to me in the past couple of weeks. I've been thinking about a lot about that. Excellent. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, so you know, I want to live in a world where people are healed because if we don't heal, you know, it's a great, the example of the, of road rage is, well, if you weren't upset, if you had healed yourself, 
you wouldn't need to be raging on the freeway or anywhere else for that matter. If you were sharing your gifts, if you were happy and joyful, you wouldn't want to start a war. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I really mm. think that it, it all comes down to that. If we're sharing our gifts or in joy, we live in a much different world. And that's a world I'd like to get to. That would be nice. And certainly yeah. with COVID and, and all of the quarantines and everything mm-hmm. on the shutdowns, that has just elevated yes. the stress. And I bet the clutter's gone up too. You know, it's been on with some people, yes, but other people have used the time to declutter. It really is individually like, oh, I've, I don't have to commute. So I'm saving a couple hours a week. I'm going to work on decluttering. Other people have gone in the opposite direction and felt like, you know what? I just kind of be want to be contained at home. I'm going to buy more. I'm going to build the big entertainment center and, you know, individual. That makes yeah, sense. I just spent 10 days literally here at work because of close contact with someone who was uh, mm. got COVID. So they, they put me on isolation for uh, 10 days in, a, in this, this separate camp. And man, a lot of my coworkers who have been there, they found it very difficult to spend that time and they're, they, they, they want to rip their hair out. Me personally, man, I, I even showed my daughter, I had two pages of lists that I had done that I got ticked off and mm-hmm. I, I wrote two eBooks. I'm working on my book. I organized my computer. I went through mm-hmm. all my photos. That's I, excellent. I, mean, I, use, yeah. I use those 10 days like, oh my God, I got so much done. I'm like, thank you, COVID, in a sense for, for mm-hmm. that, for sure. giving me time because I'm always so busy doing 10,000 things that I did. I didn't necessarily take the time to, to focus on going through my 7,000 pictures on my phone. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, but fantastic. now it's done. <laughs> yeah. So you made it into a positive, which is, I did really good. I did. Man, I, I practiced Spanish every day. I was oh, very good every day. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so you developed some new skills too. I did. I did. <laughs> but see, you took that opportunity. It's kind of like, in life. You can pick the opportunity to complain about it, stay stagnant. And again, I don't say this from judgment, or you can take it as an opportunity to do something and create change. And the less clutter you have in your life, Mm -hmm. then the more apt you are is to take that as something like, wow, I think this is really great. How can I see this as an opportunity instead of something that is as a challenge, not because I think we're all challenged, but as something really negative, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it affects your whole outlook on life. Sure. It does. Perspective. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. So Julie, where can people find your information and do you do remote consultations, uh, advice online as well? Uh, yeah, I work with people all over the world. That's one of the things that I love about technology. Technology can drive me a little bit crazy, but you know, I get an interview with you all in Canada and I think that that's really amazing. And so I do, I work with people online and they can find out more information at reawakenyourbrilliance.com. Got links to social media, got links to my books are also available on Amazon and I blog and I got a podcast and YouTube and you can find all of that good stuff there. And what are some of the titles of your books? Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, which is also the name of the podcast, made it kind of easy there, which focuses on physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, that's kind of a little more hold handing. And then I created a do it yourself journal series, which is got clutter 365 journal prompts. And we all have the answers within. And so I want to honor that. And I know sometimes people just need a little bit of a roadmap and direction. And so what I love about that, that allows you to 
take the time, get in touch with your inner knowledge and then create a plan after afterwards. But, you know, I have one for relationships, health, physical, we've got a holiday even. And so that's about having you take the time to slow down, check in with yourself, become aware and take action and move forward. That is nice. awesome. All of those areas are things that both men and women can benefit from, but definitely ladies seem to be um, more um, dealing with all of those issues. Like yes, you said, yes. we carry a lot of that extra guilt, I think. And, and we're good at saying should, we should on ourselves, which we shouldn't do. And exactly. I said should too many times there, didn't I? <laughs> all good. You know, it's all a process. Yes, it really is. Well, life is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie, oh my gosh, uh, you've been a wealth of information and I really love your perspectives. Well, thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed this. I think what you all are doing is very cool and amazing. And just thank you for sharing your gifts with the world, because I know you all are a part of, we didn't have you with the big equipment, getting things built or the whole trucking and getting us our goods that we receive every single day. You're a huge part of keeping the world moving. Amen to that. <laughs> thank you so You've much. You've been an absolute delight. Isn't it great? Yes. Oh, man. Thank you so much. We've been thank speaking you. with Julie Caraccio, uh, reawakenyourbrilliance.com. You can find all of her information there. She's got some great books she can uh, consult. Definitely, she will help you declutter. We can all use that. And you're listening to Women Road Warriors with Kathy Takaro and Shelly Johnson. I'm Shelly. I'm Kathy. We'll see you next time. Definitely tune in again. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live and the Truckers Network Radio Show. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.